You are listening to The North Podcast, a ministry of Mount Perrin North in Marietta, Georgia. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you today? You look fantastic. I'm glad you are here today. And uh, we are, um, uh, we have a ton today of just exciting stuff. Um, at the end of service, we're going to be praying for our students and educators uh, as they head back to school, uh, some of them this week, some of them the following week. And then uh, as well, we're going to be celebrating uh, some of our students uh, that made decisions to follow Christ at student camp are going to be baptized at the end of our service today. Uh, so in the first service, we had 11 students that got baptized at the end of the service. Yeah. And today, at the end of this service, we've got 27 students that want to be baptized. So that is just fantastic. I'm also excited today because um, we have um, Missions Festival starts next week. And if you've never experienced Missions Festival at North, you don't know what Missions Festivals are like. I just, I need to tell you something. Like, like, there's not bleeding hearts. There's not pictures of starving babies, all this kind of stuff. We're excited about what God is doing all across the world, and all we want to do is just brag on Jesus and celebrate the people he's using in that process. So I hope you'll be here next week. going to be great. Um, I don't know where they are in the room right now, but I'm, I'm told that we have two of our missionaries that are in the room right now that came home um, a little bit early. So we have the Thomas from Liberia. Where are you guys? Where are you? Benjamin Mendu, welcome home. And we have the Limas from Brazil. Where are you guys in the room? Where are you? Right back here. Welcome. Next week, we get to really, really celebrate them a whole lot. So today, we're actually finishing a series we began a few weeks ago. The series is Asking for a Friend, where you were able to, a few months back, say, these are some of the topics or questions I would always like to hear an answer to or a message about. And so today is actually the final week, but it's actually the most requested one that I recall of all of them. And it is, how do you know when God is speaking to you? How do you know when the voice of God is speaking to you? How do you learn how to discern what God's voice is? Um, so um, uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to be there for a few moments. And uh, today, normally, um, I've got about 30, 35 minutes that I utilize uh, to speak. Today, I'm trying to get about 20 or 25 minutes because we've got a lot of water baptisms, and I'm excited about that. So if you've ever seen the movie The Patriot, Mel Gibson is lining up a shot he just says, Lord, make me fast and accurate. That's my prayer today as we start this message, all right? So 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'm going to start with verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. So two things. Eli is the current prophet priest that's there, and the ark of God is where the presence of God would dwell. So that's where Samuel the boy is. And it says, suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli, and he said, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. And then the Lord called again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And Eli says, I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. Samuel did not know yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. Once more, Samuel got up, went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? 
And then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. I want to talk to you today about learning to hear God speak. Let's pray. Lord, in these next few moments, it's obvious these people don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. And so I pray that you speak through the words you've given me to say. Anoint them as they go forth and our ears to hear and our hearts to receive so that you may accomplish your perfect will. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is not uncommon today to hear someone use the phrase, the Lord said, or the Lord told me. And sometimes we have this sense of, that resonates with me, and other times we go, I don't know, did he, is that really what God is saying? I remember a specific time where God has, um, there are specific times God has spoken to me, one in particular that had to do with just sort of my purpose, my destiny, my calling. Um, in 2006, um, my family and I came here and we served on staff for almost six years. So in late 2011, we left and we went to pastor a church in Ohio and then in, in uh, Birmingham. And then in 2014, I came back here just to visit. My family and I were visiting here and we were sitting over in that section up there. The room was different. Obviously, there was a tall balcony. It was right up there and I was right up in the balcony. And we, it was during the worship time that we just experienced. And during that worship time, um, I... I just sort of start, stopped worshiping, and I just started looking around the room, and I, I just felt that, that God was just sort of dealing with me. I, felt, I kind of felt his presence. And I heard what I thought was God speaking to me at that moment. And what he told me was, he said, I want you to look at these people. And he said, the first time I called you here, it was to serve Mark Walker, who was the current senior pastor at the time. He said, when I call you back here, it's to serve the people as senior pastor. I didn't know what to do with that. I wasn't here anymore. I didn't think I was coming back here anymore. And yet in that moment, I felt like God was speaking to me. And I literally told no one about that except my wife. Only person. I did as, as sort of scripture talked about when, when Joseph and Mary took Jesus to uh, the temple to dedicate him. And two people spoke over him. And the Bible says that Mary didn't tell anyone, but she pondered those things in her heart. I didn't tell anyone. I just sort of let it settle in my heart, wondering if this is God, when is it going to happen? Did I hear from God? Or was that just my emotions and my draw and my love for this place and these people? The question is, how do you know that it's God speaking? Or how do you know if it's your own emotions? So there's a couple of things I want you to see. First of all is this. We need to know how God speaks today. So how does God speak to people today? The primary way that he speaks to people today is the Bible. Okay, and you, you're probably hearing going, okay, what else? Listen to me. The primary way that God speaks to his people is through the word of God over 1,400 years with 40 different writers in three different languages, and all of it points to one systematic and synergistic idea and concept of God revealing himself to us, revealing our need for him, and revealing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And this Bible that we have does not disagree. It's not it's not disjointed. There's one singular purpose that it all points to. 
God revealing his love to us, that he loved us enough to send his son for us, that if we'd believe in him, we could have eternal life. It's the primary way that he speaks to us. So when God speaks to us, and the Bible speaks to us, it is to guide us, to reveal to us, but also to guide us. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now, the phrasing that's used there is this constant guidance. The lamps that they would use would not, it's not like flashlights. It's not like spotlights. It wouldn't illuminate a path. It would illuminate the very next step that you might be able to take. God guiding us, telling us the next step that we might take, not knowing what is out there, not knowing what we, what we may face out there, but just trusting that we're, he's guiding us along the right path along the way. That's what his word does. His word speaks to us mainly about his redemptive plan for all of mankind, but also to guide and to transform us. Mature Christians read the word of God with the idea that God wants to speak to me and to transform my life. Immature Christians read God's word and immediately think, oh, so-and-so needs to hear this. If that's the way you approach Scripture, I'm telling you, you're not allowing God to do the transforming work he needs to do in you. Because most of the time when you read a passage or you hear a message and you think, I wish so-and-so would hear that. Oh boy, they need to hear that. What you're operating out of is not out of love and transformation. You're operating out of hurt and bitterness and anger towards someone else. And what you really need is God to do a transforming healing work in you so that he can heal you so that you can begin to be transformed into his likeness. And God will deal with them through his word. When you try to short-circuit the system, you miss the redemptive, transforming work he wants to do in you. Also, when you read a passage, you have to read the whole passage. Now, there are life verses that you have. I mean, my, I, my life verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your good, not to, not to harm you, to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. Okay, that's not pie in the sky. You say, oh, you just picked a good one. Listen to me. I know the context in which it is written. I know that the people of God are going through the worst crisis of their life, and God has just told them, I'm not delivering you immediately. It's going to be a while before I deliver you, but I know the plans I have for you. Okay, you've got to know the context of that. You just can't pull a verse out and make it mean what you want it to mean or apply to your life. When you do that, when you take scripture, listen, you can, you can go through here and you can have an idea in your head. And I promise you, you can find a sentence in here that'll make you feel like God spoke to you and make you feel good about what you want to do. But that's not God's plan. Let me give you an example. If I were speaking right now and I said this phrase, many people say that God is not real. True phrase. But you could go to the video and you could clip it at a certain point and clip it at a certain point and you could make it seem like I just said God is not real. 
That's not what I said, but if you take that out of context, that's what you think it may, that's what you say it could mean, and apply it somewhere in your life. This is what people do with the passages in Scripture. They don't read it in context, and they approach Scripture wanting to do something and asking God to sign off on it. God's not here to sign off on your life. He's here to guide your steps to keep you on the redemptive path of your purpose and your destiny. Mature Christians allow God's word to search their hearts so they can live according to God's plan. Immature Christians use God's word to try to manipulate circumstances or other people so that they will acquiesce to their wants and desires, and that is not God's plan. The primary way he speaks to us is through his word so that he can guide us, transform us, and change us. Now, that's not the only way that he speaks to us. Because there are some people who believe that's the only way he speaks and I'm not listening to anything else. God, the Bible says God even speaks to us secondly in creation. That he literally uses creation to speak to us. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says this, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Why does creation speak on God's behalf? Because there are people that have come up with man-made ideas and philosophies about how this world came to be, how the universe exists, how things operate all together in precise nature. But at the end of the day, there's something deep within each person that says, yeah, but that still doesn't make sense. The Bible says that you can look at creation and know there's a divine creator that has ordered these things and know that if he takes such care of this world, that he is in complete control of your life. The second time you need creation is when you're going through a difficult time. Now, you can read Scripture. And that can give you strength for your soul. It can give you a word for your circumstance. But can I just tell you, Jesus said there's enough in creation that ought to encourage you to know that God is for you and not against you. Jesus said when he was talking about people worrying about what they were going to do and what they were going to say and what they were gonna, uh, who they were going to be and whether they have enough money, he said, why do you worry about such things? He said, listen to me, even the birds of the air don't worry about what they're going to eat. Their father in heaven feeds them every day. They don't lie awake at night worrying where their next meal is coming from. Their father in heaven takes care of them. He said, look at the lilies of the field. They are clothed in such splendor. They look greater than the greatest king that, is, that was ever on the earth in Israel's history in splendor, which was King Solomon. He said, not even Solomon was clothed like they are. And he said, if God cares enough to feed the birds of the air and clothe the lilies of the field, how much more does he care for you? And he says, so don't worry about tomorrow, about what you will eat or what you will wear. Don't worry about those things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Even in your most difficult time, Jesus said, if you just look at creation and all God does for creation, don't you know that God loves you more than that and God will take care of you? God's speaking to us through his word, through his creation. But God also speaks through people. In what is known as spiritual gifts. Here's what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. He said, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. 
To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another person, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. This is the idea of spiritual gifts operating within the body of Christ, within you and me utilized for the benefit of other people and the body, the, the church as a whole. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, someone to guide you, someone that gives a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is someone who speaks into your life over something they know nothing about your life that only God could have revealed to them. And then listen, even though there are spiritual gifts, here's, here's the two sides that I see that I just get, I'm like, Come, come over here. This side says, I don't know if I can trust spiritual gifts, so I just won't listen to any of them. And you miss out on the gift. God didn't say these are spiritual powers. He said these are spiritual gifts to you. You miss out on the gift of those things being spoken into your life where God wants to use them and speak into your life. The other side says, oh, I believe in spiritual gifts. I'll just believe anything anybody says because they said God told them. This is why he even says, do you know what one of the gifts is? There are people that God will place in your life who have the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. So God has said, when the gifts are operating and someone shares a word, there ought to be somebody in your life who knows how to discern whether it's from God or whether it's from someone else. And if that discerning person knows that, then you know God is speaking to you in that moment. God speaks to us through his word, the Bible, even through creation, through other people. But then God also speaks directly to your heart. In the Old Testament, even in what we read, remember when we read earlier, it said Samuel did not yet know the voice of God because God had not spoken to him in a message yet. He had that, and it also said in those days that it was a rare occurrence during those days. But the Bible prophesied there would be a day that was coming after Jesus Christ came that God would be able to speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked about that when he left, the Holy Spirit would come and he would be a counselor and an advisor to us and he would allow us to know what is truth. But way back in the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 30, verses 21, here's what he says. He says, at that time, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. When did those times occur? Mostly they occur during prayer. Mostly. That's why it's important that you pray. And prayer is not just you listing off all the things that you want God to do. Now, you need to do that. You need to tell him. Jesus tells parables over and over again. Go to the Father. Tell him what you want. Keep going back. Keep interceding. Keep going back. Keep going back. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. Okay. Over and over again. At the same time, you also have to have the ability to stand still and listen for the voice of God. 
In the day in which we live, we are so filled with noise, we are uncomfortable with silence. We fill our lives with noise, whether that is audible noise or whether that is a phone that you're scrolling through and occupying your attention. There are moments of time you need to pray and you need to be still before the Lord and sometimes even say, I don't know if you have anything to say to me, Lord, but speak. Your servant's listening. And give him a moment to speak, either through his word or through a message or a song or through someone else or directly to your heart. There are also times that the Holy Spirit will speak to us in a moment where we have to make a decision. That's what Isaiah 30, 21 is talking about. He says, you're going to hear his voice. He's going to speak to you and know whether you need to turn to the right or the left. It means that's a decision. That's when you come to a place where you've got to make a decision. I don't know. Do I go this way or do I go this way? That you just say, Lord, what do I do? And the Holy Spirit will guide you in those moments as to what to do. Here's what I need you to know. God still speaks to people today, and he wants to speak to you today. He will do it through his word. He will do it through creation. He will do it through other people, and he will do it directly to your heart. So why was this one of the most sought-after questions? I think it's this. I think people don't know how to recognize the voice of God. So how do you recognize the voice of God? Two things. You have to believe that God will speak to you. You have to believe that God will speak to you. Look, look again at the passage, where, verses 7 through 9. It says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once again Samuel went up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. I think so many people find themselves in the place that Samuel was. Samuel believed God knew how to, that God spoke to Eli. But he had had no experience and wondered, would God ever speak to him? I think there are so many people wondering, will God ever speak to me? Oh, I know he'll speak to the pastor or the pastor's own staff or the people that work in the church. I know he'll speak to that person over there. They're spiritual. They're mature. I'm not so mature in this. You have to believe that God will actually speak to you. Listen, if you don't believe he will speak to you, then you close your ears to, to his voice. You have to believe that he will actually speak to you. Secondly, you have to take time to listen. Verse 10 says, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. This time Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. You have to believe he'll speak to you. You have to take time to listen to him. So the real question is, going back to what I shared with you up front. When I heard those words from God, was it God speaking to me or was it my, mo my own emotions for the love I had for this place and the people that were speaking to me? How do you know when it's God speaking to you? Looking further in the passage, here's what it says in verse 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. 
I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. Verse 17, Sam, um, Eli asked, what did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. May God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told Eli everything and he didn't hold back anything. This is Eli's reply. It is the Lord's will. Let him do what he thinks best. Four questions that I find right here. Four questions that you can determine whether or not it's God speaking to you. Does it bring glory to God? Does it bring glory to God? God speaking to you will direct you and guide you, but it's not about your glory. It's about his. Now, he may bring you into a place where you have prominence, but it's still not about your glory. It's about his. Does it bring glory to God? Even Jesus came and said his job was to give his life as a sacrifice for men and to bring glory to the Father. Does it bring glory to God? Secondly, does it agree with God's word? I can promise you this. God will never speak to you through someone else or directly to your heart that disagrees with what his word has already said. He is not a God of disorder. He is a God of order. He's not a God of confusion. He's a God of clarity. Does it agree with God's word? Does it bring glory to God? Thirdly, does it agree with God's character? With his character? Specifically this. Many of you have heard this passage, and the passage is absolutely true. If any of you agree in my name, Jesus says, the Father will hear you, and you'll have what you ask. But what does he mean when he says, in my name? You see, the word name there is literally talking about a proper name, but it also has a wider meaning that says, and the character that surrounds that name, the character that's involved in it. So it's not just you saying, in the name of Jesus. It's if you ask it in my name, in my character, in my authority, but you can't have the authority of Christ without the character of Christ. So you've got to line it up with the character of Christ. Does it agree with God's character? This is why you can't just say, well, I want this, and in Jesus' name, I'm going to get it, and God has to do it. It is his name and his character. Does it agree with the character of God? And the fourth thing is this. Do mature, trustworthy Christians agree? One of the most pivotal things in this passage, Eli instructs Samuel to go back and listen to the voice of God. Samuel comes back and tells Eli a very harsh thing that God has said about Eli's family. And Eli said, it is the Lord's will. What you have heard is true even though it's difficult for me. You need people in your life that you can go to that love God, love his word, and love you. Where you can share and say, I think this is what God is saying to me. And they can say, I agree with you. Or they can say, I'm not sure about that. I think we need to pray about this a little more. God puts those people in your life Further, in 1 Corinthians, when it's talking about spiritual gifts operating in chapter 14, literally tells us, test the spirits. 
There are people that God puts in your life, and especially those people that have the ability to discern whether or not it is the Spirit of God or another spirit. Does it agree with God's Word? Does it agree with His character? Does it bring Him glory? And do other mature Christians that I trust, do they agree? How did I know? How did I know it wasn't just my emotions back in 2014? I pondered these things in my heart. I just settled on them and just said, if that's what God's going to do, then God will figure it out. And then in 2016, two years later, I'm having breakfast with Mark Walker, our former senior pastor. And at that breakfast, he said, I think there's a change taking place in my life. He said, I'm, I think I'm going to be going to Lee University to serve. And he said, I know you're happy here in Birmingham. And he said, and I know you have no interest in coming back to North. I know. He said, but in spite of that, he said, I was sharing it with, he said, his wife, Udella. And he said, I, I'm, I thought he was supposed to be here, but I, I guess not. And she said, well, have you thought about just asking him? You know. And so he's, he's sharing all this with me. But then he said something. He said, do you remember back in 2005 when I first met you? And we spent an afternoon together. I said, yeah. And that was the moment where he asked me to come be on staff here as, at the time, missions pastor. He said, that day, after we finished our meeting, he said, and you walked out of my office. He said, I turned around to go back to my desk. And he said, I felt like God stopped me in my tracks and said, you just met the next pastor at Mount Perrin North. And he said, first thing I thought of was, um, where am I going? <laughs> Two years after I got that word in that service, 11 years after he got that word in 2005, where we share with no one but our spouses. It comes to a moment. Confirmation. And then in 2017, everything was taking a lot longer than it needed to, felt like. We'd been talking about this for over a year. And I was just, I'll be honest with you, I love this place, but I was tired of living in two places in my mind. I was like, I, I either got to pastor this church in Birmingham and get this one in Atlanta off my mind, or you got to get this done and let me focus on that. I can't live in two places mentally. And so I was praying that morning and I said, God, whatever you do, I just need it resolved. I kept using the word, I just need it resolved. I mean, leave me here but let's resolve it. Take me there, but let's resolve it. Can't live in two worlds. That night at the church I pastored, we were hosting a meeting that our denomination was utilizing the facility. And I'm gonna, can I just be honest with you? Is it okay? I didn't wanna go to church that night. I, 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 I didn't wanna go to church. I, I, I was finding no joy in that at all that night. And the only reason I was going was because it was at my church. And I had to be there. And that night, the speaker had a group of people come up, leadership in Alabama, and I was part of that leadership team. And as we're standing on stage praying for our denominational leader, he began to pray over um, 
the members of that leadership team. It was very quick prayers, like, you know, fresh joy, fresh anointing. I mean, I, I can't even remember all of it. And then he paused when he got to me. And I literally had to go back this early morning and, 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 and watch the video to remember the exact wording of it. But when he, after I had spent that day and had been struggling and said, God, I just need you to resolve this. I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. This is what he spoke to me. He said, God, I pray for a fresh resolve over his life. I pray for a new day as he stands in an old place and God will do new things that haven't even been written. He doesn't know anything about what's going on. Nothing. I don't even know him. And then he goes on and says, I hear the Lord saying, trust me. And don't measure yourself by the things someone else has done before you. But trust me and see that if I won't do a new thing in your life and ministry that you never dreamed possible. There are moments and times God will speak to you in such dramatic ways that you know that these pivotal things in your life are of him. Now, I'm not here to tell you that God's going to do that every single time. I'm not here to tell you that every decision that you have to make, God's going to have these dramatic moments, but I am here to tell you that if you'll open your ears and your eyes to God's voice speaking into your life, that God wants to speak to you and direct you. And if you have a decision to make, I'm telling you, the surefire way, I've never seen God fail me. It's if I had a decision to make, and I prayed to God, I would just say, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast, and God, I have to make a decision. If this is your will, I need you to open it up. Open the door, make this possible, do whatever. If it is not your will, I need you to slam that door shut. I don't care if it hurts my ego or my pride or it's not what I wanted to happen in my life. I need you to close that door. Can I tell you something? If you'll pray and you'll fast and you'll submit your will to his will, I've never seen God fail in those moments. All the while, while you're struggling, wondering, will God speak to me? He's wondering, will you finally listen? Because God wants to keep you on that path of transformation and purpose and destiny that he has called you to more than you want to be there. And for those of you that are struggling right now, wondering for a decision to make, I challenge you, spend some time with God this week. Open your ears. Open your eyes and read his word. Open your ears and let his word speak to you. Be open to the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And if God sends someone to speak into your life, have a person of wisdom that can discern the voice of God from other voices. Verify that. But I'm just telling you, God will speak to you and guide you. And as Isaiah 30 said, you will hear his voice in your own ears. Whether to the right or to the left, he'll show you which way to turn. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? God has promised that he would speak to his people. That promise is not to everyone, but to his people. But the promise that he makes to everyone is that God's voice through the Holy Spirit is calling each of us into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, you know when you came in this place, things weren't right between you and the Lord. 
I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer, something like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made. Thank you for loving me enough to die for my sins so that I can have a relationship with God. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are drawing me even now. That even in my sin, that you are drawing me home. And I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender to your lordship. Lead and guide me through your word and through your spirit from this day forward. And I'll never be the same. I'm going to ask everyone in the room, just pray this prayer of profession. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Come on, one more time. Jesus, I give you my life. Now, with everyone's head bowed, eyes still closed, no one but the ministry team and me looking around. I'm not here to embarrass you or call you out, but if that's you, you know today when you came in this place, things weren't right between you and the Lord, and you've made a decision to follow him for the first time or the first time in a long time. I want to pray for you this week. But if that's you, be bold enough. Would you just raise your hand really high and keep it up just for a moment so I can pray for you this week? Come on, keep it up just a moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. All right, you can put them down. Father, we thank you for lives that have been changed, not because of anything that we've done, because of your great plan for us, because you loved us so much that though you could live without us, you don't want to live without us. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for Jesus. God, I pray that those that have made that decision today, that the weight of sin would be lifted off of their shoulders and that joy and peace would settle in their hearts and their minds. God, we thank you for that. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to learn more about North, be sure to check out our website at mountparanorth.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at mountparanorth.com or give us a call at 770-578-9081. And if you're in the Marietta, Georgia area, we'd love to have you join us for worship next Sunday at 945 or 1115 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.